Scripture for today is from Acts chapter 2, verse 14 to 21. And then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd. He said, listen carefully, all of you. Fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. Um, these people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming, because nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even upon my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, and there will be blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day when the Lord arrives. But then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's the word of the Lord. Thank you, Joel. You read that so well, you can preach as well if you want to continue on. Anybody say preach? Preach. <laughs> Turn on, my friend. It's a beautiful day, and uh, I always look forward to, to seeing you and uh, sharing God's word with you. Uh, if you're new, we are in a series uh, called Hearing God, and uh, I'm so excited about this series and what God's teaching me. Uh, I think I get the blessing because I get to prepare, and uh, God's speaking into my heart lots these days. There are sermon outlines available for you in your uh, Sunday news this morning, if that's helpful to you. By the way, uh, have you had uh, your vehicle into the garage lately? Uh, for some work to be done. Maybe you had a problem with the motor. Maybe you had a problem with the transmission or the uh, suspension. There was a sign at the automotive uh, shop that was rather interesting. It read this way, if you bring in your car before it breaks down so we can do maintenance, the rate is $30 an hour. If you wait until it breaks down and then you bring it in, the rate is $50 an hour. And if it broke down and you tried fixing it yourself, and now you bring it in, it's $120 an hour. I think that would be my cost right there, 120 bucks an hour. Just to say, God will speak his words into our hearts, whether we are in the maintenance part of the journey, trying to keep things together, or whether we, uh, are, uh, we've come up against some challenges, we've come up against some struggles, maybe had some breakdowns, or even if we've tried to fix it ourselves and made a pretty good mess of it, God will still break into our situation to say, I'm here and I love you and I will strengthen you. However, it's easier on us personally if we do the preventive maintenance. The best preventive maintenance that you can get for your personal journey is to hear God. To hear God as best you can. To get better at hearing God as you walk with Him through the days. 
It will help you walk with God and uh, with others. It will be a strength, a source of strength when you're weak. It will help you stay out of the weeds and give you direction when you are in the weeds. I love the quote from Wayne Cordero uh, in his fine book called The uh, Divine Mentor. He writes, someone once said to me, the secret of growing in divine wisdom is to come to God kind of dumb. He actually uses stupid. (laughs) I just changed it a little bit. The secret of growing in divine wisdom is to come to God kind of dumb. Tell him you don't know a thing. Tell him you don't know how to think. Tell him you don't know how to tie your shoes. Tell him you don't know how to win friends and influence anybody. His point is, when you have that kind of heart that you just open, 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 God does his best work. As Cordero says, when God is looking for receptacles of divine wisdom, he looks for PhDs. Those who are poor, those who are hungry, and those who are desperate. Love it. God's looking for PhDs. Are you one of them? Do you have a PhD? Poor, hungry, desperate, poor in spirit, not arrogant, hungry, wanting God's life in you, desperate, looking to no one else but God alone. Wouldn't it be great to just know a little bit more of what God knows and what God wants for us to know? Have you thought that God knows some things about your life that he'd like to communicate to you? Uh, He he would love for your life to blossom and just hit target in every way. Uh, Ken, I'd love to to see you grow into your potential. I I want to see something of what I, you to see something of what I have for you. I want you to grasp my vision. I want you to know my heart. I'd love to lead your life. I'd love to give you wisdom for decisions. Uh, I, I have words for you, Ken. I would love you to to get my rhythm in your life. So just listen and I will tell you. Can I know that, Lord? Can I really know that? Isaiah says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God has things to tell us. He wants us to listen. He wants the best for us. And, and all through life, he's wanting to speak into your life if we will just listen and humbly say, Lord, uh, speak. Uh, I'm, I'm listening. Your servant's listening. I do love to hear your stories of how God has communicated with you through the years. I mean, there are awesome stories. And if, and if you check the Bible as well, you discover that Uh, When God has uh, been communicating, he's been communicating in a variety of ways through the years to people, through the generations. And you don't get very far in the pages of Scripture before you begin to see evidence of God's communicating ways. He just has a stellar record of communication. And I just want to say this, it is diverse. I think you'll be struck again uh, as we see how prevalent and vital his communiques have been. And wonderfully unique and effective. Listen to Hebrews 1.1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Cool. His communication was numerous and his process 
was diverse. Not just one way. He just has a variety of ways to communicate. Now, here's another unique verse tucked away in the book of Job. It's really quite fascinating. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. Uh, that's so powerful. That was just at the very first part. Sorry, I didn't put that on. Uh, it's, it's powerful to remind us that we really have to pay attention to learn how God is speaking and to recognize when he is speaking. He's often speaking, but it gets past us. We might have missed it. We had good intentions to receive it, but we missed it. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. The writer says he speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from wrongdoing. He keeps them from pride. Book of Job. So I, I want to give you a couple things to think about this morning. Uh, in fact, just one, I guess, and I'll save the next one uh, for, for next Sunday. The, the many ways, first of all, that, that God speaks, the, the common ways that God speaks today. And, and then I'm going to save the dominant way for next Sunday just because we, we don't have the time. But look, look with me this morning uh, at the ways in which God speaks. And maybe he has spoken to you already in this way. Or maybe he will. So I'm taking the time to highlight it because if God speaks to you down the road, you'll be able to say, oh, I get that. I, I, I hear that. I sense that. I, I'm not oblivious to that, so it won't escape you. He speaks so we can hear him. So I'm going to take the time just to review a couple of these. Number one, God speaks through an audible voice. Now, God sometimes speaks in an audible voice. It's pretty rare, as far as I know. I, I hadn't really talked to people who had heard the audible voice of God, but I talked to two this morning or this week. So that was interesting. I talked to someone who, in a moment of urgency, was told to go to the hospital to visit a friend and had the chance to share the gospel before that friend died. And it was a voice just like, go to the hospital. It was so strong... <laughs> that if it wasn't audible, it felt like it was. It was so dominant, so dominant. We talked about young Samuel under the mentorship of Eli. Samuel heard the voice of God, and he didn't recognize his voice. But when Eli finally clued in that this was the Lord speaking, he told young Samuel to say, Speak, Lord, uh, for your servant is listening. And that was an audible voice of, of God to Samuel. We have a New Testament example in the person of the Apostle Paul. He was called Saul before uh, his conversion. And it was while he was on the road to Damascus that, that God encountered him. And Paul, he heard these words in Acts chapter 9, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? They were audible words. Francis Schaeffer, a very credible person, the philosopher, theologian, Presbyterian pastor, the man who formed the Labrie uh, community in Switzerland, said they were desperate uh, for a place to live. And he asked the Lord, Lord, uh, where can we live? Please show us. And immediately he heard an audible voice, not a voice in his mind or from another human because he was alone. And the voice simply said, Uncle Harrison's house. Uncle Harrison's house. 
The answer didn't seem to make sense, but Francis Schaeffer said the voice was so clear, so dominant, that he could do nothing else but contact his uncle and ask him what he planned to do with his house for the next year. He was astonished when his uncle said that he planned to live with his brother for the next year and he would like to offer his house free of rent to Schaefer and his family for that year. True story in the life of Francis Schaefer, and I share that because of the credibility of Francis Schaefer, as you know. Although it is not common, God can choose to speak in audible voices if he so desires. Secondly, God speaks uh, through angels. God sometimes chooses to speak through uh, his angels. The, the scriptures teach us some things about angels. Uh, angels are created beings. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. So angels are spiritual beings. They don't have physical bodies. In Luke chapter 24, uh, verse 39, Jesus says, Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Angels can, however, appear visibly. An angel appeared to Mary and Joseph. You know the Christmas story. Uh, an angel appeared to the women at Jesus' tomb. Uh, physically. An angel appeared in Acts chapter 5. The apostles were rescued from prison by an angel. Oh, and I love Hebrews 13.2. You'll recognize it. Which says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. So angels are spiritual beings but they may be right here among us. Uh, it's a cool thought, isn't it? They may be right here among us. Uh, angels are innumerable. Revelation 5.11 says that when John had his vision in Revelation, he saw the Lamb on the throne. He said, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. So friends, there is a vast army of angels spread throughout the world, throughout heaven, throughout the world, around the presence of God. We don't worship angels. We've kind of gotten off on that track a little bit uh, in a false way in the last decade or so, but we don't worship angels. We don't exalt them. We exalt Jesus Christ. But that's what angels do also. They exalt the Father and they exalt the Son. And did you know that angels have priorities? The first priority that angels have is to sing. They sing. God designed a whole congregation to worship Him continually. Rarely does an angel appear without declaring something of the excellencies of God. So when you worship, like we've done this morning, you worship like the angels because that's what they do continuously. The second priority that angels reflect is to serve. Angels serve God. They served Christ when he was on this earth and they serve people. So angels were created to contribute. And so when you serve uh, with unseen hands, you live like the angels. 
The third priority of God that angels reflect is to speak. The, the Greek word for angel is angelos, which means one sent as a messenger and to proclaim. So angels maybe don't say much, but when they do, it's about what God's doing. I, I read the story of a pastor who visited his friend Keith. Keith's son, Alex, was in the hospital awaiting the possibility of having a leg amputated. And this pastor said, right before I arrived, the doctors had announced that they were going to have to take the leg. And it was just devastating. And Keith and his wife, Stacy, grieved as they sat in the waiting room. And a man approached them and sat down. And Keith noticed the man had a prosthetic leg. So we went and told the man their story. And this stranger assured him in an unusual way that Alex would be fine and that he would adjust to his new leg with no problem. When they asked the stranger his name, he said, Keith. The stranger appeared seemingly out of nowhere and he brought news of peace and comfort. Uh, his pastor said to my friends, at exactly the right time. The man was an instrument of God, and then he was gone. He was gone. Never heard from him again. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. You may not know it, but perhaps you have been in the presence of a serving, speaking angel and didn't realize you were, but afterwards you wondered, what was that? Who was that? It's one of the ways that God speaks. He communicates through angels. It may be uh, that some will uh, have the experience, even if you're unaware, that you are in the presence of an angel. Thirdly, God speaks through dreams and visions. Uh, I have no doubt that many among you this morning could come forward and could, could share something. Uh, an experience of God speaking to you through a dream or a vision. Dreams and vision were common to both the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, and God still speaks in dreams and visions today. I think we just talk about them together because they're similar. Uh, not always, of course, but often they come at night, and the person who has a vision may have difficulty saying with certainty whether they were awake or were they asleep. It, just, it was just a unique experience. Remember when Paul was making his way on the second missionary journey, and when he, when he got to Troas, they weren't sure which road to take next. But Acts 16.9 says, That night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So God gave Paul a picture in his mind. Visions are pictures. Pictures. God gave Paul a picture to inform him of the direction, next steps in advancing the message of Christ. Uh, you have experienced that, perhaps, or you will, perhaps, in the days ahead. And when it comes to you, just simply don't be afraid of that. Just say, Lord, is that you? 
Lord, what's the message that you have? The Bible has a lot of examples of people who have had dreams. And those dreams were significant in carving out a path for next step. Daniel, oh man, Joseph, but Daniel, God gave Daniel some amazing dreams and visions and he was able to interpret the king's dreams. God really chose to communicate to, uh, at this particular season of history, I don't know why, but through Daniel, God just decided that he would use vision upon vision and dream upon dream and, and, and that would be the strategy for him to speak into his world. And I find fascinating the words of Daniel 1.17 that God gave these four men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom and God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meaning of visions and dreams. What a great verse to remind us of this truth. And if God chooses to communicate with someone through a dream or a vision that he will make sure that the message is understood. Either the person will understand or God will bring somebody else along who will be able to interpret the message. I think we're living in a day when God is once again going to use uh, dreams and visions. Uh, as Joel read this morning in the book from the book of Acts, no, what you have seen was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Uh, now that might have been more specifically intended for the first century. But I have a sense that God will continue to use visions and dreams and maybe more specifically in some parts of the world. In the Middle East... God has been using visions and dreams for years to move past all the barriers, the cultural barriers, the uh, religious barriers, uh, the intellectual barriers. And God bypasses all of that and he is giving people some very unique glimpses into who he is through dreams and visions. And here's a little clip. I think uh, it's just about a minute in length. And uh, Anna's going to just uh, turn it on for us and we'll just watch this. Paul Dennis also had a dream. In the dream, I still remember some marks on his face and that he was wearing a crown, a king's crown, on his head. A strong brightness came out of each part of his body and many people were bowing down before him. That dream is still alive in me and it's with me every day. I remember feeling like I saw heaven. He showed me many different things since I believed in Jesus, but that dream became a turning point in my life. I asked him if others are coming to Jesus inside Iran. Yes, many people are coming to Christ through dreams. You can't imagine how Jesus is appearing to people. I feel like everybody's looking for a home, looking for the truth. What the Iranian people are going through right now is very difficult. The only one who can change that situation is Christ himself. So please pray and ask others to pray for the people of Iran to experience the power of the resurrection. One day, I think we'll understand why God speaks in various ways, in diverse ways, to communicate truth. We don't quite get it right now, why he, but he has a rationale knowing who God is. But when he gives you a vision, vision or a dream, it's like he takes the bypass route of the rational. And all the things that you have to work through and grind through in your mind, he gives you a bypass. And he gives you an experience that looks you right in the face and in your, in your heart, and you have to say, what was that? And that's what he's doing for many people around the world today. Visions and dreams. Fourthly, God speaks through other people. 
I think we all get this one, that God speaks through other people. Uh, my life has been impacted uh, so much um, through other people. I would be honest to say that right in this room, uh, there are many who have been used of God to speak into my heart. I've been guided by God uh, through you, encouraged, blessed by God, because he gave me something of himself through you. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. That's God speaking. And I don't mean to dampen this, but I can't help but say we need to be very careful about what we say. Oh, I know we joke a lot and, and tease and have fun, and that's all awesome, and that's because God made us who we are, and, and, and don't ever stop that. Our, he's given us unique personalities, and God gave us the gift of our own personality. But just think about this. Just the thought that God uses us as people to speak into others' lives gives us pause and just reminds us that we need to keep intentionality at the forefront of our minds. Oh, maybe, maybe just maybe I'm walking into a situation today where somebody needs my words. I can talk about the weather and about the Stanley Cup playoffs, which really isn't grabbing my attention much these days, or the Toronto Raptors. But if God has a message for that listener, I need to be alert and sensitive and available to God's voice. It's just a thought and the realization of intentionality that God may be setting up a conversation for us so he can speak through us. God has given to the church spiritual gifts and one of the categories is called speaking gifts. What are the speaking gifts? Well, preaching and teaching. We often hear the voice of God to us when we uh, listen to someone as they unpack the word communicating the truth of, of this word. I mean, I trust that when you hear uh, a truth that pings in your heart, that you can just release a thank you. Just release a thank you. I, I receive that as a word from you. Just acknowledge it. I receive that. I accept that. You spoke to me. I accept that as guidance from you. I'm encouraged by, by that. Thank you, Lord. It acknowledges that you heard it. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God. Uh, my life has been shaped significantly by men and women uh, who were preachers and teachers of the, of the book. Uh, I have no idea, really, I have no idea how to estimate how God has used people in my life. It's enormous. It's enormous. God speaking through people. It's one of the ways he speaks. The Bible gives us insight uh, into other speaking gifts such as uh, prophecy and knowledge and wisdom. Romans 12, 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Now, the gift of prophecy is understood from two different perspectives. Some seeing it, it from a preaching perspective, proclaiming perspective, and some see it as the ability to receive a message from God and deliver it to others as a message of encouragement and strengthening and exhortation and comfort. 
I think probably both. They're spoken in human words through a human mind, which is why they must be tested against the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 20. Those with this gift are sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the needs of the church body. They should be humbly, humble and continually studying the, the scriptures in order to test these revelations before speaking them. And when they do speak, they should allow or even expect others to weigh them against what the scripture says and interpret the message accordingly. They don't barge into somebody's life. They gently say, if this makes any sense at all to you, to receive it. Uh, and they say it gently. If not, if it doesn't make any sense to you, then just disregard it. In this way, the church is continually built up together in unity. And there aren't factions in the group. You, you might ask, now, does God speak through me? He does. Everyone. You may not know when he does or how he does it. I remember a comment by a pastor that I didn't know very well when I was uh, 18 years old. And he said something to me rather informally. I, it wasn't like we had set an appointment or it was just kind of informal. And it was a comment about entering pastoral ministry. And, and, and he said, just basically, can I believe you'll serve as a pastor? I could have reacted to that and said, come on. But I just remember the comment, and I remember precisely where we, where, where we were, and it registered. It was a God word. It was a word of affirmation. Um, and you know what I love about God speaking through people? is the fact that we don't have to be anything or anyone but who we are. Just be you. God doesn't need you to try to be somebody else. You are uniquely you, because that's how God made you. The disciples were very uneducated and ordinary, and, and looking back, look how God spoke through them. They didn't need to be somebody else. God speaking to us and through us doesn't depend on any kind of status, any kind of special education. All you need is a PhD. Poor in spirit, hungry in heart, and desperate to walk with him.